What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it is officially summer here on the Radical Retro Rewind podcast. I am your host, Ryan Hunter. Along with me is my brother and co-host, David, to kick off this celebration. It's summertime. Are we beach body ready? This mm-hmm. is the I'm more like beached well ready, but I'm working on it. <laughs> well, it's lucky because this is the start of Friday the 13th in order. So we are going to do every Friday the 13th in order. Friday the 13th, David, is the 1980 slasher film written by Victor Miller. The plot follows a group of teen camp counselors who are murdered by an unknown killer while attempting to reopen an abandoned summer camp. Just a little history with this franchise, David. You really grew up in the height of when Friday the 13th truly was an iconic thing of the moment MTV Jason was on everything there were contests there he was on I think he was like on like Bud Light Budweiser you know the containers and stuff I mean it, Jason was everywhere late night guest appearances on or was Arsenio Hall I believe it was something very I feel like very new to horror it was very new to well it is it's a new genre it was the slasher film right I mean is that really am I, am I kind of saying that correctly I think so I mean, it was something new. It was something exciting. What I liked also about it is that every time one came out, they usually planned it, like, close to, like, Halloween. Right! So it was always, you know... And then you had movies like Halloween, of course, Nightmare on Elm Street, which is still the first one still to me, is that one scene, even that ridiculous... Well, whatever. We'll we'll probably do that one day. But, yeah, the the accordion arms down the alley thing, pretty freaky. Yeah, so it, it it was something that was very new, and obviously for the time, it was very scary for a lot of people. I mean, we were still young when they were, like, very young when they, when a bunch of them were still, I mean, young, young. So we weren't going to see that. But we did towards the, closer to the, the ending of the, of the series. Manhattan and things yeah, like things that. Yeah, things like that. We were able to go see them, yeah. It was, it was fun. It was, you looked forward. You wanted to see, like, where the storyline was going to go. Yes, it was very regurgitated in many 
ways, but it's still very different. Like there, again, I don't want to, I'm not going to, I don't want to give it away, but the original one that we're going to be doing today, yes. there was no supernatural quality about it. Then in later on, there becomes a supernatural quality about it. I'll just leave it at that. But yeah, I, I mean, I, they're iconic for us. I mean, now as I've gotten older and I am a parent, certain movies make me a little more squeamish, but I just actually saw this after so many years of having seen it and it didn't really phase me. There was a couple of parts. Yeah, it wasn't too, I have to say this first movie, it's different in many ways, including the gore wise. It was done by, of course, Tom Savini, the master of horror makeup, but it definitely is a different movie in general from the rest of the films. I think they were just playing with and seeing what would happen and it it definitely caught on and people wanted more so they did it So this was prompted by the success of John Carpenter's Halloween in 1978. The director put out an advertisement to sell the film in Variety at the end of 1979 while the draft was still being written. And I read, David, that he did this because there was another movie coming out called Friday the 13th that was already filmed or being filmed. So he wanted to beat that movie. And it turned out that that movie had to change its title to Friday the 13th Orphan and then later on The Orphan. So this is a smart way to secure the title before you even come up with something to advertise this movie coming. The filming took place in New Jersey in the summer of 1979 and definitely has a 70s feel compared to the rest of the Friday the 13th franchise, I feel. Yeah, it's like whip out your Farrah Fawcett hair. It's definitely that tail end because it came out in 1980, but again, this was filmed in the late 70s, so you still have that hair, certain, I feel like, tropes, even the way it's filmed, it has that darker looking... it's like, it's like listening to Paula Abdul. When I think of Paula Abdul, I think of 90s, but really straight up. And they were like 89, so they were still technically part of the 80s, but they creeped into the 90s. So I don't think of Paula Abdul as an 80s pop star, but most of her major stuff, except for like, I think like Rush Rush and stuff like that was in the 90s, but she was on the tail end. So yes, kind of the same thing. I don't know, you know, me with my useless bits of information I just throw into this podcast, but... <laughs> No, you're right. It's you're like straddling two decades. You're at the end of one and the beginning of another one. So you can kind of be both at the same time. I get that. So to start this movie off, it is 1958 at Camp Crystal Lake. There's two counselors called Barry Jackson and Claudette Hayes. Did they really need uh, names for these people that are dead within two minutes? But hey. Yes, because that actress is going to be like, I played Claudette in the original Friday the 13th. Please let me have this part. I have name recognition. I was Claudette in Friday the 13th. Who? What? In like Kumbaya or some kind of like go tell it on the mountain by a, by a fireplace with a guitar. And, <laughs> and the two are looking at each other with that. Mm, I'm going to get some of that. I'm going to get some of that. And she's, mm, you know, playing it off. But with their ultra high tight little mom jeans or shorts or khakis, I should say. Is that what they are? I can't remember. Like Camp Kelser khaki shorts. There is definitely short shorts going Please come on on. Please, please. Please continue. So they sneak inside a storage cabin to have sex. I do like this. I feel like it's very classy of them. They lay a blanket down first. You know, they're not just going right on the bare floor. There's, there's a little, there's a covering. There's a covering. Where an unseen assailant murders them, David. I think this is the perfect time to bring up that everything is a weapon with mm. David. Everything's a weapon with David. I think a cardboard box for a moment. Where did she go wrong? What could she have done? Not a cardboard box. Not a cardboard box. From what I saw, she kind of runs into a corner and it's just kind of like... So the element of surprise. So the, the, the assailant stabs the boy first, the guy. Because they're, they're like, we're not doing anything. He stabs him first. First of all, they still have their clothes on. Part of being nude is also very making very feel very vulnerable. When we have clothes on, we sometimes use our clothes as armor or shields because you're not seeing your personals, you're, you're not, whatever. They were fully clothed. So it wasn't... She didn't have that vulnerability. And as soon as he got stabbed she should have got up there was she was in like a barn there were so many things she could have picked up uh, i'm sure one of the floorboards probably would even yes come 
going for the floor. I mean, let th- throughout this whole movie, this is where my everything is a weapon theory comes from. Is because in this movie, I don't I don't know how to do it without spoiling. In this movie, we're not we're not dealing with a Freddy Krueger where you it's unstoppable as long as he exists, Mumra will still live. You know, kind of a thing. Yeah. The assailant is somebody that can be particularly could be stopped. So picking up something, and this is funny because we have to talk later on. I am laughing my ass off at the fight scene towards the end of this movie. (laughs) And I'm actually going to bring in the Muppets, too, towards the end of this movie, too. There's a relationship, for me, between the Muppets and this fight scene at the end. So anyway. Muppets can come up at any point. You're in a barn. There's got to be, I mean, okay, so my own garage. Someone comes at me. I have hammers. I have, you could pick up a toolbox and throw the whole toolbox. That's heavy weighted. You can still physically pick it up because you have the handle and it's, and it's something where you can still propel the person. I have a weed whacker. I mean, maybe it's not, it's not going to be used, but physically pushing a person away from you using something that's a shovel, anything, something on top of the person, hell, anything. So yes, everything is a weapon. And this person obviously missed the mark because there was something up in there that they could have picked up. I swear she runs into a corner and this cardboard box boxes around her and she kind of like touches the box and I thought right away no David would have found at least five other objects around him already it was probably like in every barn episode in every movie there's always like an, a window that was removed from someplace pick up the window and throw fork. whatever something please girlfriend don't be like oh no oh ooh, we'll do it you're like okay so here's the other thing there is the, <laughs> the suspension of belief in the sense that when someone comes at you you're not sure if they're going to do it like kill you yes but you already stabbed the guy so she knew that the person was out right 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 like sometimes if someone like runs up on you and you get scared your first inclination is to to tense up but you're not necessarily going to strike right at them because maybe they're joking maybe it's like you know if my kids jump out from somewhere and and go oh i'm not going to punch them in the face i mean you know what i'm trying to say like there's there is is like an a reaction but she saw that this this assailant killed the guy already so you knew you were going to be there's no delay right you or me i would have thrown everything at at this person Claudette, goodbye. Sorry, Claudette. It sets up that there's a killer and there's a reason why this camp is closed and it's become known as Camp Blood. David, the score to this movie, did you hear a very psycho yes, the- inspired score right away? It's like a very eh, eh, eh. Yes. So I don't know if that was intentional because there's other score of, of Friday the 13th that have become iconic. And of course, the sound is as iconic as you can get. The, the Music plays a very big role in our perception of a movie. You know, we talked about in Less Unicorn how it, it was very triumphant yet sad at the end and how it at the very end it kind of wisps off to a very light chirping like of a like cricket kind of a noise and then it goes away. It Music uh, has always been a powerful thing for me. So yes, I do believe it sounded like the, the scene where in, in Psycho where Norman Bates is stabbing. The shower, yeah, shower yeah, the scene. Showers, the famous shower scene. So 20 years later, camp counselor Annie Phillips is driven halfway to the reopened Camp Crystal Lake by a truck driver, despite warning from a crazy elderly Ralph. Oh, boy, David. I put that oh, crazy boy. warns Annie. It has a death curse on it. A death curse. You're going to Camp Blood, ain't you? You'll never come back again. It's got a death curse. He says it exactly like that. This dude has a bike. He turns around one more time before he gets on that bike. <laughs> and, he was, and he says that it's cursed. You're all gonna die. I just love that. And he rides off. <laughs> eh, you're all gonna die. It's got a death gas. <laughs> He was right. This guy might be Crazy Ralph, but Crazy Ralph was right. Listen, there's always the person that that nobody believes that they saw the chupacabra outside or whatever on their hike. They saw Bigfoot. Nobody believes it until it gets seen, for real. Yes, so I've had Crazy Horns Annie. It's a death curse. And then I also wrote a note about she's riding in this truck driver's car, and he, he kind of makes reference to how pretty she is. And then he helps her up to the truck by pushing his hands, hold her butt. Mm. She interrupted, which, you know, I actually thought for because he kept looking at her, but she had this very, like, sort of sarcastic, you know, exchange back and forth, which is kind of refreshing. And she's like, Well, I don't believe I liked her. I liked I this liked character. Her. She was cheeky. She was cheeky. I liked it. And so there is a point where he's dropping her off, and he actually tells her that. So it's really funny that the crazy in the town, they're all making fun of, but then he goes, her, Don't do this. Just don't do this. She's, well, he didn't help. He didn't offer her to get her a job for the summer in town or anything either. You know what he was going to offer her, but you're 
right. I love that she was so fun. I mean, and even early on, I love her exchange with the dog before she goes in the, she meets this dog and she's talking about it. Like, do you know where to go? Do you know where Camp Crystal Lake is? I love that. Hell no, lady. I ain't going there. Jason will kill me too. Did you happen to catch the name of the cemetery behind her when he drops her off? I think it was Morovian Mall or, I mean, Monroe, like Monroe Mall. Was it Monroeville Mall? No, it was Morovan Cemetery or something like that. And I'm wondering where that actually is. Because we never, maybe we can go there and try to steal a gas pump. If anyone hasn't heard our Dawn of the Dead. We might have tried to take something, yes. Well, this says New Jersey, David. I don't know if the beginning of this was filmed in New Jersey, but evidently the movie was filmed in New Jersey. So, David, do you think places like this can be cursed? Do you think there's there's places that have this bad juju because things have this and people like a crazy Ralph will tell you? Now, this is just my opinion. I know that people have their feelings and some people don't believe in life after death. Some people don't believe in certain... I can tell you in my own life, I have experienced both sheer terror, scary things, and I have experienced what I believe to be divine protection or intervention in my life. So I have had incidences where I should have been killed on multiple occasions and but been saved, you know, through horrible car accidents and different events in my life. And I, people tell me that angels saved my life. People that had nothing to do with the incident wasn't there during the time. We'll talk about that one day, maybe. And I've seen some scary stuff where cannot be explained where I've seen entities or things like that because and I can tell you that I believe there's something more out there so to go back to your point or, or question I should say or, or, or feelings about it I do believe that if, even if you don't believe in like spirituality or angels or demons or bad stuff we all admit energy and I do believe that there's energy out there and I do believe that if there's enough negative energy in some place maybe it holds up I do believe that I mean you know it's almost like if you're in an abusive relationship the effects stay with you in your heart in your soul in your mind forever and i do believe that buildings or dwellings can retain some sort of physical manifestation of energy i don't know i do believe something to that degree so yeah do i think things can be cursed i guess i mean you know we're not talking maybe it's necessarily pet cemetery but who knows <laughs> it makes sense that 20 years later when they reopen places like this could hold some negative energy so we get a few of the counselors actually arriving to cramp crystal lake we get this guy steve who's trying to open the the camp back up. It's like his personal project to get this camp running. Thousand dollars on that place. Didn't he didn't that didn't the guy the trucker tell me? Diner. The diner stopped. I liked everyone in the diner. When this poor character, Annie, goes in there to ask where the camp is, they all like camp blood. They turn around and <laughs> God Why do people us? live by places like that? If you knew this place was haunted or you felt like there was like some kind of killer in the woods or something bad, <laughs> or, or they never found the murderer, you know, those kids that got killed out there and that kid that drowned, why would you stay there? I mean, I know that's the only thing you know, but wouldn't you just move maybe to the next town over at least? I'm putting some feelers out, going on Zillow. Well, they didn't have Zillow then, but you know, just look in the newspaper. It's crazy Ralph. He knows probably knows if places are cursed or not. He drives around on that bicycle all day. Do you like Steve's look, his short shorts with his bandana and his mustache when we arrive? And he gets these people right away like, well, you're here. Get to work. I don't like his exchange with our, which I'm going to call our heroine of the movie, our final girl. He like objectifies her a little bit or touch like touchy feely with her. And are they sleeping together? Because remember she said something about she drew him last night she drew him uh, maybe it just it just it was awkward so i don't know she's thinking of leaving alice and if only she left before friday she would have avoided all of this he gets her to stay through friday so while driving the truck driver warns annie about the camp's troubled past beginning when a young boy drowned in camp crystal lake in 1957 after being dropped off she hitches another ride from an unseen person who chases her into the woods and slashes her throat. I remember watching that she's like, didn't we just pass the, the turn off to Crystal Ash? And she, she jumps out of the car. David, she's great. I mean, honestly, like this woman should have survived. She rolls. She takes a dive. Twisted her ankle jumping out of the car. And then I put slit throat. She's trying to get through the woods. She's got a bum ankle. And then she gets cut and she's doing that. No, no, uh, uh, girl, pick up a rock, pick up a stick. 
So what about bob and weave? She just threw herself that way. Throw yourself the other way. Got open fields. I know she has to die. So we don't see the killer, David. Do you like when the movies hide the killers like this? Or do you prefer what we get in the sequels, which is Jason, you know where he's coming, you see him coming, or the first person kills? I'm not a big fan of the first person kills. Later on, we'll find out why this happened. It only happened in, it only happened in this first movie because of the origin of the murderer so do i like it no but it's almost like you are seeing first person who actually the killer from the view of the killer so i mean it has its moments it's almost like when they do like loud shocking noises to to startle you kind of it's like it's it's a technique that's used it's okay i mean would not i wouldn't want to see a whole movie like that it would be like watching the blair witch project twitching around throwing you around all the time i i can't deal with that it's too much yeah Little by little, the counselors are coming, and we find out that Annie, the cook, didn't show up because poor thing's out in the woods right now being killed. So she didn't show up, and Steve is running this thing, so he's hoping that she shows up, but no, not gonna happen. So we see he goes to town because there's, there's no gonna cell be- phones, there's no emails. Hell, he could send out a, a pigeon with a message on it, or, or maybe he could maybe he could dial her up on the phone, but who is he gonna talk to? She doesn't have a cell phone. That's right, he's gonna call her parents she left that's all i know she left she went to town real life like that it's sad because this probably happened a lot back in the early days like it happens a lot now human traffic such a horrible thing anyway don't even get me started on that because that that's a big thing that bothers me quite a bit but anyway so steve is going to go to town he leaves at this point so the counselors are showing up little by little and alice is kind of the one in charge she's not really the one in charge but she's like i would say out of all of them maybe the most mature she's kind of like runs this place I mean, we, we even see her at one point. I guess she's going to figure she has to work in the kitchen because Annie didn't show up. But the kids aren't here yet. So they frolic. They go into the wood. They go into the lake, the counselors. Oh, David, I always mention this, but lakes freak me out. There's always sea monsters and things under these dark lakes that you can't see. I, that's how I feel. I avoid it. I don't look at it like that. I look at it as... Bacteria? Brain amoebas that are going to go up your nose and eat your brain and kill you. I don't... Uh, bacteria... Mr. Burns dumped some toxic waste from the plant. Probably. I don't really want to go in that kind of stuff. I don't see the bottom of the water. I don't want to go in it because I don't know what's in it. Hypodermic needles, whatever. And it's always this green lake water and people want to go in it. Oh my God, I can't wait. Boating, I guess. Yeah, we could do. This is why I was, I am not meant for the outdoors because right after this, Alice has a snake in her cabin, David. And not only this, did you notice all the counselors have shown up at this time and when they go for the snake, they all go in a group literally all kind of like throw themselves on the floor at the same time to see the snake under her bed i've never seen a group like this it's, it's like, like collapse it's like the the cast of friends were looking for a snake exactly or if you're a rocket and you're doing the thing when they get shot down and they all fall down as soldiers <laughs> in a row they literally seven people they destroy the whole cabin <laughs> It's Kevin Bacon in one of his earlier roles. I found that this is like one of his fifth roles. He's jumping all over him and then they kill the snake. It looks like a real snake. I don't know if they, they actually... probably did. They probably did kill a real snake. Poor thing. Probably got it from a pet shop. Don't don't look into it. I'm not into animal cruelty. Even I uh, just not. Because I feel like the makeup and things were... I mean, I'm sure they could have done this, but I feel like at this point in 79, 8, when this was filming, like, get that snake. There's a snake. They're setting up the camp. You see that there's a pair, Kevin Bacon and... or what's their character's names because I don't remember I'll be honest I don't remember them. so we have Kevin Bacon as Jack Maurice Brenda who sleeps Marcy. with oh Marcy <laughs> Maurice 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 would be M-A-U-R-I-C-E so Marcy is the girlfriend Marcy and Brenda is the other one okay so you have Marcy and Jack who are a couple and there is a guy who is single Bill's the one who gets killed trying to put the power back on he's he's the only okay you see they're having this interaction Ned is single and wants to mingle but he ain't got no girlfriend and you see Jack and Marcy who are are a couple and you see him sometimes following them around you also see ned wearing which would not fly today and he's shooting arrows and he almost like hits brenda with an arrow and it's like a joke it's like they're all playing around having a good time and then there's a point where a police cop shows up yeah i don't remember exactly the interaction but he basically that's right ralph is missing they ask him if ralph is dangerous i don't even think he answered it to be honest with you did you no he just said 
said that he's missing. It's this crazy guy. Do they have anything to worry about? And he's like, not really. And he basically looks at him like, you're, I know you're going to be smoking marijuana, drinking, and having sex. You're you. going to cause troubles here. But he sees that character with the headdress and the bow and arrow running around. And you see Kevin Bacon trying to touch up his motorcycle. And I don't get that part, but whatever. They're trying to add that these are real kids. Ralph is saying y'all are doomed. Was he actually, in, in the words of Roma Downey, an angel sent by God? Because I am an angel from God. He tells them he's like a messenger by God. He comes at after this. He shows up at the camp and is in the thing with them. And he's like, I was sent by God to tell you this. So he is Roma Downey. This is touched by an angel. It's got a death curse. Who are you? What do you want? God sent me. I got to warn you. You're doomed to stay. Go. Go. There's something to be said, I don't know. Because followed up by this, David, that girl, Marcy, says that she has a dream where blood is, right? Blood dream is raining rain, down. Rain turns to blood. <laughs> oh, well. Because of this energy, I wonder if this is to explain why Jason eventually comes into the picture. I wonder if it really is this juju. It probably is. I will say, though, and they also at some point do discuss the fact that the town folks do call it Camp Blood. That's reiterated within the group. You have have Ned, who again is kind of like a little bit of stalkerish. It just he really he really wants to get laid, or he really wants a girl, or something. And you see that he's walking, and he sees something kind of out of the corner of his eye, something or somebody in one of the POV shots. Point of view and, he, and he goes in you don't see him anymore then you see the exchange between jack and marcy and she's saying that she has a dream about blood because they were trying to find ned they're like where did ned go and then it starts to rain is that when it starts to rain yes so they yes. end up heading in see what they're gonna do so a thunderstorm approaches steve leaves the campground to stock up supplies ned sees someone walk into the cabin and follows and this is where alice and Brenda and Bill, Bill plays Strip Monopoly. So David, they say in this that nobody lands on Baltic Avenue. So I looked up the odds of actually landing on Baltic Avenue. Baltic Avenue is the third space in Monopoly, but the second property. However, the odds of rolling a three are fairly low at 5.6% of landing on Baltic Avenue. I guess no one does land on Baltic Avenue, but it's cheap and it's there. Just like many of my dates. No, I'm just kidding. They were cheap and they were there. We get now Kevin Bacon having sex in the cabin. And, ooh, so there's something about this kill with from below. Yes, that, that's the only thing that really bothered me throughout the whole thing. So they have sex. Um, Marcy says she has to go pee. So she leaves yes. Jack, uh, Kevin Bacon, to lay in the bed. He rolls up a, is it a joint? Are they smoking joints? I, I think, think they are. I think they cigarettes, are. Because they did roll cigarettes. Many people did roll cigarettes back in the day, too. So they either joint or rolling a cigarette. You see on the top bunk, so they're they're banging each other on the bottom bunk on the top bunk you see the decapitated body of ned and kevin bacon notices that something's dripping on him which is blood and then all of a sudden you see a hand come from underneath the bed holding him and then a knife coming up through his throat this classic tom servini makeup he loves that totally saw that i that brought me back to watching dawn of the dead for some reason when the knife comes through the neck it totally reminded me yes of that with the biker gang at the end yeah, that's Tom part. So then they're gone. I want you to remember that this killer was crawling underneath bunks while to kill people. So this- that person was underneath that bed while they were having sex. Waiting. When it's revealed who it is, it just makes it even better to me that this is what's been happening. This was who it was crawling under beds. So yes, while Jack and Maurice have sex in one of the cabin's bunk Maurice? beds. Maurice? Oh my god, here I go again. It's Marcy. 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 Unaware of Ned's body above them, his throat having been slit. When Marcy leaves to use the bathroom. Jack's throat is pierced from beneath the bed. Oh. And then the killer follows Marcy into the bathroom and slams an axe into her face, which I'm t- she had so much ample time. I'm sorry before that axe went in her. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like she must have been running at her. But the funny part of the whole thing is that if you notice at the end after this poor Marcy gets axed up through the head that the light above is swinging back so was the killer had to have been taking the axe and swinging it like over their head yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, if you're ever going to stab somebody for real, you should never hold the knife over head. Like doing it, you should do it under because you're going to gut them underneath. Oh my God, why did I tell you that? I'm not crazy. I just saw it someplace. Because when a person in a classic thing, the person comes for you with it right. in the hand, you can block, you can grab their wrist. But if your person's coming from underneath and gutting underneath, you're leaving, yes, all of that open space. So I'm just thinking this person's coming at this poor girl with this axe and hitting the light and everything. And still didn't, she could have died. Dove, 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 she's dove, dive, dive, dive. <laughs> running, dove. Now, there really wasn't a lot of stuff in there as far as where she was killed, but she could have maybe used the shower curtain, which seemed to be pretty heavy duty, pull it off the rings, and at least kind of, you know, classic, like, silly, but cartoon throw it at the person. At least maybe the axe would have got caught up in the... We know that a broom could be used as a spear, so... And I'm sorry, bend down. David's right. This light was hit on the way over. So even at that point when the light was hit, you probably could have just been like, oh, but sorry, Maurice Marcy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't even know your name so we just there's a scene when steve is in a diner did you like this interaction with this very horny woman she was horny. i mean she was very, she was playful she was playful but she was, was kind of like she was like oh if you for you and oh I, I don't know this older woman really wanted something i think this man it was the stash the mustache that got her <laughs> Because she said, I swear she says like a few <laughs> And then, David, the coffee was two and a quarter. Didn't that seem a little much even for the 80s? Two dollars and for a small coffee like that? Two Wasn't and a quarter, she said. Unless she had he had a meal, too. I think he had something else. He, or maybe she said it was only two quarters. I don't know. I don't remember that part. I, I wrote down two and a quarter, and then she gave her three dollars. That, that was the tip. 75 cents. <laughs> yeah. And she was, she was sure thankful. Maybe she was starting up Starbucks. That's why it was so expensive for a cup of coffee. <laughs> Cause you I would think even I mean actually salad and go has iced coffee for ninety-nine cents and it's cold brew. Mm. Salad and go. Then Bed Bath and Beyond doesn't become a sponsor. Salad and go. Bed Bath and Beyond, please, please. I actually I'm 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 in the market for some everyday <laughs> no, <I'm> just... <laughs> I need, I need, a, I need plates. I've been, I've been using paper plates, Dixie plates since we moved into this place. I need an extra oh, yeah. set. Put away all my fine china from my wedding because we don't use it every day anyway. And I don't have a china cabinet space anymore like I did in the other house because it was built, I had a built in. Everyday plate. He'll even use the 20% coupon that they send. I will to save you money. <laughs> He's on his way driving. It's raining. He gets in the car. His car, of course, breaks down. He's towing something to the camp. Dude, that is part of the classic because every single Friday the 13th and certain movies, as always, the car doesn't start. Now, there are instances where the car is being sabotaged. Yes. Yes. And there's just instances where, you know, you're driving and you decide that you should just drive on fumes and not gas up again because you run out of gas when you, there was a gas station right up the block from where, you, where you're where you going. And it's always in a, an abandoned area. Yeah, or your car breaks down. and Or if you get a flat tire and if someone's coming after me, I'm riding on the rim, baby. I'm riding on the rim. Amen. I don't care if it breaks down. I don't care if I'm sparking. Maybe someone will see the flames that I start a brush fire from and get them help me i don't care i will ride those rims until the car axle busts to get away from being killed hashtag riding those rims <laughs> that's david's new name not universal beal so anyway the police officer just happens to be coming along takes him starts taking him towards the camp he gets a call there's an accident and leaves steve right on the outskirts of walking into the bye camp. steve that is what happens <laughs> <laughs> that, that Steve pulls up on the scene with walks walks up on the scene and is immediately faced with a light in his face and he's like who is that what's going on who is it and then he's gone boo bye because it seems like once he finally he's like what are you doing here that's it Steve is done <laughs> what are you doing here <laughs> I don't need a warranty on my car I don't own that vehicle anymore your warranties. So that's anyway. (laughs) So worried by their friend's disappearance, Alice and Bill leave the main cabin to investigate. Somebody, you missing something? There is a time with the strip monopoly, and they decide to end the game. So Brenda, because it's because it's raining, maybe she thinks I think she thinks her cabin's going to get flooded, maybe or something. She's left all the windows open in her cabin. So she goes, brushes her teeth. You assume that she's going to get killed because she's turning the water on underneath and, and doing all this stuff. And then she goes to her cabin. She lights a candle. She does 
to curl up with a nice good book. So that was it. She wasn't even gonna like. Then you come see back. some kind of thing, and she's looking to when you hear, "Help me, help, help me." <laughs> it sounds like a little kid, and so she goes to explore. She puts on a, a rain, rain jacket. I don't know. My children don't even know what a raincoat is because we live in the desert. So she puts on a raincoat. She goes out. She ends up in the the archery field. All the lights go on, and then the killer must shoot arrows. Kills her with arrows because you don't really. Which see she early, remember she almost gets hit yeah. earlier too. Very apropos or or whatever you want to say, profound or prophetic that she almost gets hit with the arrow or whatever from the previous incident with Ned. You know she's gone. So then you're stuck with Bill and, and our little Alice. red hand. Our Alice. We just mentioned this on a thing about heroes from the 80s and 90s, but there's a thing with horror and Alice. Alice here. Freddie has an Alice. My name is Alice. I work for the Umbrella Corporation. My name is Alice, Resident Evil. So Alice is a very, like a homage that a lot of these people use this name as a strong character. Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland, yes. Alice was thrown into this. But I do love David. I think you'll appreciate Alice because when Alice and Bill do leave the main cabin to investigate, they find an, an axe in Brenda's bed. The phone's disconnected and Ned's truck inoperable. When the power goes out, Bill goes to check on the generator. Alice says, let's just get out of here. So they realize something's going on. Something's not right. They f- go to get to a phone. There's an office. The office is locked. Alice breaks the glass. Thank you, girl. She picks up an object near her. Everything is a weapon or it can be used as a tool. She smashes the glass to open the door to the office. And in fact, unfortunately, the phone wires are cut. They show you that. But she was smart enough to, I don't care if I'm breaking this property. I will kick down the door. Right. I'm the phone. Right. So Alice, thank you for being a strong character. Obviously, that didn't work out particularly. Then the power cut gets cut. And then she says, yes, let's just get out of here. At this point, yes. In the guy's like i don't think we can it's raining guys oh yeah oh yeah i will walk so um they go to the car the car has been damaged yes cars of course not able to move alice heads out to look for bill because he goes to for the generator well she falls asleep that's that's not a good move what how could she fall asleep and during that thank god though she got a little energy Maybe she needed it. She needed it. Power nap. Power nap. She finds Bill pinned with arrows to the generator room's door. So she flees to the main cabin, only to be traumatized further when Brenda's body is thrown through the window. She runs her little booty, that little narrow booty, up to that cabin. And she she takes a root from the rafter and ties it to the doorknob because there's no lock. David, I loved that. She starts pulling the curtain so no one can see. And she starts piling stuff up on the door. <laughs> she it was like a Scooby-Doo cartoon. She put everything... At least she's thinking, okay? This is a character you can approve of, then. Well, I approve of the fact that she was smart enough to know that the door doesn't lock. lock. the door, yes. Literally takes door. a rope, swings it around the rafter, and ties the doorknob with the rope, knowing that someone can't open that. That, mm, super smart. I give that her... That was cool. Out of four stars, that's a five-star survival. The, uh, David, honestly, I was truly impressed by that. And then, yes, she takes everything and starts that's piling it. Honestly, I mean, I'm... Physically, I'm not in, in, in the best shape right now. Thank you, COVID. But I, that's something I would do. That's something I would do immediately. I would make sure I stayed away from the windows, covered the windows, stayed away from the windows, made sure that that you secure. Oh, the windows definitely would be closed. I'm sorry. I don't even want to see anything. So that, that windows would have been the first thing well, closed. Throws Brenda's body through and the... She- screams alice screams so at that point she sees a light from a car which yes pulling up she sees it she runs the door she pulls all the stuff off of the doors you know to get (laughs) back to get back out and person pulls up and comes out she pulls up she's like they're all dead oh she's like all traumatized the woman's like i'm in her sweater or he's or what is she i'm a friend of the christie's i'm not afraid and i know she's like don't go in there. You know what I would have done? Ran in the car and let I would have ran in the car, was running and take off. And bye. You're friends of the Christie's, then you die with the Christie's. <laughs> oh no. I would have got myself in that car. <laughs> the keys were, because it looks like it was still running, right? Well, it says, in thinking it's Steve instead, she's greeted by Mrs. Voorhees. So she claims to be a friend of Steve and his family. So then they end up, I think because she, Alice didn't want to be alone, she ends up following her into yes. the cabin. Yes. But first thing she sees. She hugs me. her. She hugs her like, oh my God, you just saved me. I am 
oh my god. I- so there's the body of Brenda, and she's like, so young, so pretty, such a shame. And then she's like, you know, there are other murders here or something. <laughs> like when she turns into a psychotic snap, like, and there was a boy that drowned here. But the counselors, they were too busy making love. You did this so good. <laughs> and she's like going on, her eyes are like bugging out and she's like talking about, and then you feel it. Alice, I think Alice realizes this at this point. Uh oh, she's like, and then she's like, that was my son, Jason. You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. Where's Mr. Christie? Oh, I couldn't let them open this place again. Could I? What happened? And then, doesn't she go up there and spit slap her right across the face? Oh, David! She slaps! She slaps her around, throws her down, and then poor Alice is fighting with her. I want you to keep this in mind. They had no stunt doubles, they said, to keep down the budget. So, actress who played Alice said that this Betsy Palmer really went for her. And they both did their own stunts. Everything that they did, rolling around, the two of them did. So, I I think she got got into her role, this woman. I would have loved it. I would have (laughs) been... She's like she slamming her, her. Like rolling and kicking. She's trying to, and she's like, it'll be, what did she say? Something to the effect of it'll be. I'll, yeah, it'll be easier for you than my boy, Jason. Kill her, mommy. Kill her. So then Alice runs, get, tries to escape. She runs out and she hides someplace quick and she sees Mrs. Voorhees walk by and then she ends up running back to the cabin that she was just in to try to like fake her out. She hides but this, but this is where I know you gonna you are gonna say something that's really smart. Alice gets blows in, but she doesn't keep going. She will like hit you with something. This is where she gets points taken off for her survival <laughs> technique. So here's the thing. She goes back in, Vo- Mrs. Voorhees goes and turns the lights back on so she has a better vision of what she can see. She turns yes. on everything. Alice hides in the pantry, and you suddenly you see you, she locks the door in the pantry. I don't know if there's a lock on the inside. Of the in, in. She does something to rig it so that it's locked. You see here Mrs. Voorhees walking around, and all of a sudden you see her pulling on the doorknob, that, that classic jiggle of the doorknob. Here's a funny fact, or fun fact. When we moved into our first house, you know, our our outside doors, we were changing the locks as a person. Obviously, we don't want to have the same locks as somebody else because they can get into our house, possibly. There were, there were dummy locks on part of like the french doors and stuff oh yeah yeah that will just turn my husband was afraid of that even though he said he doesn't like the fact that when a door can like a doorknob he someone's outside he doesn't like what's in the door so we had to get lock like bottom lock ones that lock too so the doorknob doesn't jiggle so that's something that traumatizes people clearly the doorknob jiggle maybe from seeing horror movies it's a real thing. Funny fun facts, I guess. To, to Mike's point, it's true because even if you go to physically check the door at the end of the night, it's that feeling of this shouldn't turn when you're, even when you're checking. I could totally see that freaking you out or somebody out. So she breaks through the pantry. First of all, why didn't Alice find like- Broke a- glasses? Those glasses. I would have smashed her with a big a pickle jar or something. And not, But you know what? Here's the thing. She also stayed away because in classic horror movies, there was like slits in the door. She could have maybe stabbed her through the door. So so maybe yes. I'll, I'll give her that. But she came for her, and then, they, then there was another kind of a brawl, and Alice did best her for a moment. But you're right. Shh, what was it? Like a, she uses at one point a piece of wood, but also a like fire poker too to knock her out? Yeah, so she knocks her down, but doesn't... I would have kicked her in the face a few you're times. I would have literally taken my body string, jump, and crushed her body. I would have literally... stuff on her, right? Like I would have literally jumped up and smashed my whole weight with my feet on this woman's chest and head she would have never gotten up she would have died internally (laughs) because you know this is the person who killed everybody it's not just like there's a mistake in that this woman's insane you know alice runs there's another there's another confrontation right yes outside here you you know now that mrs Voorhees is actually doing a child's voice and talking to her she's like kill her mommy kill her don't let her get away, mommy. Don't, don't let her get away, mommy. I won't, Jason. I won't. This is really like what's probably kept her going all these years. She's got little Jason in so her head. She did say, I couldn't let them open this. I couldn't let them open this camp again. She does say that. So maybe that's where she had the psychotic break. And that's what happened. There's a part where Mrs. Borges. the shore? Yeah, by the, by the lake. Is this the ending, I think? Because there was, I'm feeling like three different incidences of fighting between the ladies. At some point. There's a lot. There's so, a lot. Mrs. Voorhees bites her. Oh Thank you for mentioning that. And biting her back. My favorite part is when, and you're going to have to beat this out because I wrote this down. This is where the, the Muppets come in. So there's a point where Alice, I think it's in the cabin, and I'm just going to say you have to bleep it out, punches Mrs. Voorhees. <laughs> 
and then Voorhees it bites her. Like it's like Tyson, but she punches her in and and Mrs. Voorhees falls down. This is from the Muppets. This is from the The Muppets great Muppet Caper. Miss Piggy goes for these jewel thieves that are that framed her and put her in jail. She ends up karate chopping this woman in the private area. The She's like bit, that's her like level. Over, yeah, like karate <laughs> chopping her. And she does the same kind of punch that Alice does to Mrs. Voorhees. Oh, you're right, because you know what? She has a pan at one point too, Alice. And I she knocks oh, her in the head with the pan. That's what she gets in the best that's what she bests her in the first thing was the pan, right? From the from the drink. Yes, yeah. and that's what I said she David would have probably kept hitting her with that pan. Oh I my god. She, they would have thought I was the killer because they would have seen this dead body. I would have I would have had at her. Oh my god, but you're David, you're so right. She bites her. She they 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 bite it. Alice bites like, her back too. So then there's the pivotal end of the movie. Oh my god, I love They're it. They're rolling around fighting and Alice gets the machete. Machete and she runs after she she looks like she has a kind of like a mental snap. This is it. And she comes at Mrs. Vor and Mrs. Voorhees acts so shocked. <laughs> Like, she's the one that's been attacked this whole time, and she beheads her. Now. One slice! Now, this is where it gets weird. She knows this is the killer, right? We're not talking about multiple killer plot lines. This isn't Scream. Which is funny, because every time I think of Friday the 13th now, I think of the part in Scream where he's like, he asks her who was the killer in the first original Friday the 13th, and she said, and it's really not. It's Mrs. Voorhees the whole time. So, she goes, decides to go into a boat. She's very, like, despondent and and disillusioned and acting all out. And she goes in, and she's leisurely kind of sitting. morning, that beautiful shot of the dawn in the morning behind her i have something and i'm correct me when because i wrote some notes about this a little bit do you remember the ending in carrie where there's this beautiful sounding music and the girls at the grave and all of a sudden carrie's hand comes out this gave me that carrie yes. ending vibe where there's this cheerful not cheerful but like music and it's almost like the trauma is over the silver lining is happening and i yeah, felt that's what you way, think i felt the same lot thing as the end of carrie and all of a sudden you see the police pulling up and then all of a sudden you see this more music. hope you think more more hope is happening. It's yeah, great ending. And you see this mutated boy jump from the water and grab her, and she wakes up in the hospital. That is so scary. And she says to them, she says, They're all dead, they're all dead. And then she that she says to the cops, Did you get the boy? The boy that attacked me? And he's like, We didn't find any boy. And then they gave her a shot in the butt to go and make her sleep because she's traumatized. They said her parents are coming. End scene. How do we explain Jason from now on? Was he that little boy? Does he grow up? After that, well, after in between, natural comes in because I'm. I think it implies that that boy really is in the water. That's Jason what I always was in the water, and that was the pushing the the powering factor to the mother. Maybe his body was never found, and once he was, once the mother was decapitated, it's revenge time. Yes. And I think yes. that that's where the, the the mystery or whatever. Yeah, there is that weird thing where it's a boy that turns into a man. But to be honest with you, that's where the supernatural then aspect comes into it. Supernatural killer that can be in multiple places seemingly, has supernatural strength, you know, things like that. So... My God, I I think we could all appreciate Alice literally biting back. Biting back Mrs. Voorhees. Betsy Palmer as Mrs. Voorhees. Yes, she's revealed in like the last minutes of the movie. I love her character as a villain in this movie. Super cool. Like this is like, this is, this has sealed her in the the genre of horror forever. It's like Heather Langenkamp or whatever. You're always going to remember, you know, it's always going to be. So a little note, Alice's backstory is explained upon in the novelization of Friday the 13th, which reveals that she has a boyfriend named John in California, and her father was a neglectful workaholic who, due to stress, died of a heart attack at his office. And then it says this backstory is contradicted in the novelization of the second film, which states that her father is still alive. Also, Adrian King, who plays Alice, was stalked by an obsessive fan shortly after the release of Friday the 13th. The experience led her to temporarily retire from acting, although she did agree to return in Friday the 13th. Part two provided that she would only play a small, minimal role in the film. That happened. A large sum of money, I would hope. Give me that Pamela Voorhees money. David, this is our last time without the traditional Jason. After this, we are getting the masked man himself. Although he doesn't get the hockey mask in the next movie. He gets a sack over his head. Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get those peepers? Jeepers, creepers, where'd you get them eyes? 
So next Friday, we continue with part two. And remember, everybody, to get more summer fun every Wednesday on Rob's podcast, Movie Geek and Proud, he will have the lighter side of summer with Bandcamp. Previous Wednesday was Bandcamp on his. He will continue with the happier side of summer and summer camp that way. And we will continue with death over here on the Radical. And I just want you to know that on my phone just popped up an email from Bed Bath & Beyond. If that is not a sign, if that is not a sign... Oh my god. David will be back again for many more of these Jason-filled moments. You could reach him at Universal Appeal 2020, all one word, and the Radical Retro Podcast, all one word on Instagram. We are also on YouTube, where we will be providing more and more fun, or video form of the podcast, if you choose to watch that way. And we're on Apple, too. We are on Apple, we are on Spotify, Google, and if any of you find it in your heart to send us a review on one of your podcast apparatus it truly helps by allowing especially places like apple them to know that people might want to hear this and then they recommend the podcast to other people so the more reviews and like that we get it definitely helps to grow the show so thank you again for everyone who's taken the time to do anything for us subscribes like again we always hope the same thing that you enjoy what we're doing we really get a thrill out of doing it it's it's nice to reminisce and we're we're not super polished like like Rob is so polished when you when you do your podcast with him. I'm the, I told you I'm gonna tell him when I see when I actually one day to do a podcast with him. Hopefully, how do I become more polished like you? <laughs> but that's what makes these episodes unique. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, we speak that we cannot speak, but we have heart. We have heart. We'll give it Maurice. That. Maurice and. <laughs> Did you really think her name was Maurice? I thought it was Maurice as I read it. I don't know why. Marcy! I love it. That was another Radical Retro Rewind. We are back next week with more horror goodness with Friday the 13th Part 2. Thank you again, everyone who listened. Until then, stay alive. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.